welcome back to another episode of First and Ten. I'm your co-host Adam, alongside my co-host Mitch, and today we have our guest star Owen, aka Finn's Network, as some of you may know him. Um, this week we have a Week 14 recap, and we're going to get straight into it with Thursday Night Football, where we had the Rams obliterate the Patriots, where we really saw the uh, the this Patriots offense really stood out this week, scoring three points. Cam Newton wasn't able to get the victory with 60 passing yards this week due to no special teams touchdowns. But, um, I mean, it's pretty much as I, how I word it every week. I've had the Rams very high on my teams to watch list all season, and they continued this week with this defense once again performing greatly, even with no really great pass attack this week. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think one can make the argument that the Rams have the best secondary in the league. I'm not, I'm not saying I completely agree with that argument, but with Jalen Ramsey, Taylor Rapp, um, among a few other cornerbacks uh, making big plays, I mean, they obliterated this team. It effectively killed the Patriots' playoff hopes. They were already slim. I'm not sure. I don't think they're mathematically eliminated, but let's be honest, they're not making the playoffs. Right. With the they are point. mathematically eliminated. Oh, they are now? They're eliminated. Oh, and they're not. If the Broncos can still make the playoffs, the Patriots can too. That's what I was thinking. But are you I, sure about that? Um, yeah. Cam Newton with a 2.9 QBR, not going to get the job done. There was no way to, you know, there's no way to Belichick your way out of this one. Jared Goff didn't have a great, uh, great game, but this this was a defensive game. We knew it was going to be. The real story was Cam Akers, who somebody in this party, uh, or sorry, in this pod, drafted way too high in fantasy, but not going to say names. Um, he actually had himself a nice game. This was a, one of the first games where he actually exploded as the running back one. Daryl Anderson taking a step back. Malcolm Brown barely on the stat sheet. Um, they, they, they really played conservative old school football, and that's really what got the job done. Because when you don't have an explosive offense uh, that you're facing, the best thing you can do is just pound the rock and end the game without any drama. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah, I agree here. It was complete domination on Thursday. Um, the Patriots really couldn't get anything going on the uh, on the ground, through the air, obviously with Cam Newton. And uh, the defense just could not stop Cam Akers. So I think Patriots, the, maybe not mathematically eliminated, but like you said, season's basically over for them. They're going to try and knock off Miami next week and try and give them a little bit of revenge from last year. Um, as for the Rams, you know, they're looking like one of the top teams in the league. Uh, definitely at the top of the NFC, which is a little, a little bit lackluster this year. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, just one more comment on the whole Cam Akers thing. Um, when the offense comes out early, provides you with a 17-3 lead at half. It's really it, this is really what allowed Cam Akers to emerge because the offense was able to sit back, run the ball, kill the clock. And yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it, yeah. it's like a week like this was perfect for Cam Akers to finally emerge and come out of the shadow he's been hiding in all season. Um, yeah, I like that point. You know, like like you said, when you're in a position where there's no, there's not a lot of pressure on you, and you can just, you know, really show off your skills, and you know that that's exactly what every running back is. On to uh, Sunday afternoon, we have the Chiefs versus the Dolphins, which final score says 33-27. But watching that game before the fourth quarter, it really didn't feel like a 33 to 27 game. Uh, Dolphins popped out to a 10-0 lead from there. If I'm correct, Kansas City scored 28 unanswered. and I believe it was 30 unanswered. Yeah, it was 30 unanswered. Mahomes 
was able to throw for 400 yards while also throwing three interceptions. It may hurt his MVP case against Rodgers this year, but it, it got the job done. I mean, he's still le- he's leading the league in passing yards by far, and he still has I don't I don't think the best, but one of the best QB to interception ratios. If it if it hurt his MVP, yeah, Rodgers is better. Rodgers has less interceptions, more touchdowns. So I don't think it hurt his chances too too much. Um, that being said, it was a pretty good game to watch. I agree with what you said about the score not reflecting what the game actually was, but I mean you can't discount a you know a seventeen point comeback. Dolphins had some uh, heart. I didn't think they were actually going to win that game. You know, there are some games you can get a feeling for it. I wasn't, you know, I'm not saying I'm rooting for the Chiefs or anything, but I wasn't feeling like a comeback was going to happen. The Chiefs are a very, very hard team to defeat in the fourth quarter. Patrick Mahomes throughout his, even in just the last year, has been the definition of clutch. The only game, really, that not being the case, being the Raiders game. Um, but I, I liked I liked what I saw from Tua. He had some lackluster performance. You know, he had some, some few poor throws, but the interception was absolutely not his fault. That was all Jakeem Grant. Um, I mean, I, I I believe it was Finn's network who said it. That's what happens when you throw to a guy who's five foot seven, and you know, a, any other receiver. That's maybe not a touchdown, but that's a completion or at least not a pick. That's a possibility of knocking the ball away. Maybe I, I don't know. I think Tua had a decent game. They they the thing you know. I'm sure Finn's network will go into more detail here, but. They oh, asked Tua to do more, and it showed, you know? All right, let's hear from Owen. Yeah, so um, I guess starting with the uh, overall gist of things, you know, Miami obviously dropped, jumped out to that big lead in front uh, in the first quarter. Looked like worst football the Chiefs have been playing all year. And then uh, second quarter and third quarter, it was bad news. Miami couldn't get really anything going on offense. Um, they had a – few drops on third downs, which didn't help Tua's case at all. And uh, obviously they had Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, and Mike Kosicki end up going down that game. So it was a little bit of a tough situation, but obviously we saw in the fourth quarter, Tua stuck with his instincts. And uh, you see that when he plays with his instincts rather than his smarts a little bit, you see him being more explosive and moving the ball more. So I think moving forward, that's what I'd like to see more from him. Um, More so – also, better play calling from Chan Gailey, who likes to run the ball on second and 10 a lot. <laughs> uh, but the defense had a stellar game. They only let up 24 points um, because one was a special teams touchdown and one was a safety. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, so, oh, you go. Uh, okay. I just wanted to chime in on the Chiefs real quick. Um, I feel Chiefs are the front runner right now for repeating a Super Bowl championship. Um, but what, what really bothers me is, well, I, I do think this Chiefs team is very good and a lot better than that Steelers team. Um, one thing that bothers me is that the Chiefs have won five straight one possession games, but nobody's talking about that right now. I feel like the only thing people are talking about is that the Chiefs are the hottest team in football. When in reality, they've won five straight games by one possession. Yeah, they're keeping is, a little too co- uh, close with teams that are <laughs> below average. So, uh, yeah. those teams being the Broncos and Panthers, who both have less than five wins this year. So, right. Um, I just wanted to pipe on that quickly because I just find it interesting how the media loves to sway one way, but not the other. Like, yeah. Uh, so we saw the worst game from Mahomes this season. You know, we see a lot of uh, his playmakers bailing him out. So even though Mahomes is still obviously 
number one in the NFL right now. I do think um, this game shows a little a bit of his weakness and his human side, throwing three interceptions. Obviously, two were off tip passes, but uh, Xavier Howard continues to make his defense player of the year campaign and uh, go after his ninth pick. So I think that it was um, a solid game for uh, Miami, uh, at least from the first and fourth quarter. Um, if you take away those, you take away the good stuff and you carry that into the next three weeks, you hope to go three and zero and make, uh, make the wild card spot for the first time in four years. So, yeah. Yeah. On your, uh, Mahomes point being the number one playing foot player in football, we'll get into that later at the Packers game, but I somewhat disagree with that right now, but, um, I guess we'll move on to the Packers game. If Mitch, do you have anything else to say or no? Not on that game, though. Uh, on to Dallas versus Cincinnati. Uh, One of the most boring games to watch. Oh, my God. I don't think anybody really cared about this game, Dave, too. Should did anyone watch that? Nobody did. Oh, my God. It was nice to see Andy Dalton have a revenge game. I still think the Bengals were a little bit disrespectful to him. Obviously, Burrow's a better quarterback, but it's not like you can, you know, you can blame the Bengals yeah, got off the season last year on Dalton. It was the organization. It was the skill player the defense, and especially the offensive line. So it was nice to see Andy Dalton ball out. Um, watch yeah, I mean, it was nice to see the uh, Cowboys get a win this week. I mean, I guess you could say they're still in the division race, only two games back, but, like um, – It's going to be a tough uh, tough stretch for them to make the playoffs with how hot Washington is. Honestly, I honestly say it's not good that Joe Burrow tours ACL, but this is honestly better for the Bengals. They're going to get a third pick, possibly the second, if the Jaguars win again. Mm. Uh, and with that, they can get a top offensive lineman in the draft to protect Burrow next year, which um, end of the day, it's not you never want someone to get hurt. But the Bengals having a losing season, they weren't going anywhere this year, so oh, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But, so. I mean, let's just hope Burrow can come back to form. That was a gruesome injury. That was not, you know, that was not an ankle thing. That was a – he tore multiple things in his knee. And there's a chance – yeah, there's a chance he might never be the player he is based on that. I don't think that's the case, but that's oh. an, that's an injury where like some you know some people don't recover from that fully. So, you know that let's just it's going to be a tough recovery for him. Thank goodness yeah. that uh, was a little he's bit young. earlier in the season. But, so, yeah, but I, I'm just you know I don't he's I don't people shouldn't expect him to be the the person he was right away right off the bat because I'm you know. Be my guess that it would take a little while to come back and for people to, you know, taper their expectations. But I agree with that point. They need an offensive line. They need it bad. So. All right. I don't, I don't really feel like there's much more to talk about in that game. It wasn't very interesting. And this next game was just as interesting where we saw uh, Derek Henry absolutely, Derek Henry absolutely owned the Jaguars for the second time this season. Um, he does this every year. <laughs> something about the Jaguars. He just doesn't like the Jaguars very much. Um, Personal well, grudge. Bad. <laughs> I don't know what other way to put it. Their defense is atrocious. Yeah. Your offense doesn't have any spark, and Minshew came in the game, gave them a bit of spark, but uh, when you're, yeah, nowhere near. It's really just the coin, Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence, who's going to be their quarterback next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you Only know, I think spot continues to be James Robinson. I was going to say, you know, I think they got a nice young centerpiece to build around him, James Robinson. You got him for, I think, three years because he's an undrafted free agent and yeah. so cheap. So it's a great pickup by them. And um, 
you know, Minshew is going to hope to come in to uh, Baltimore this uh, week and try and upset the Ravens. A lot of AFC teams would be happy about that one. So yeah. we'll see what they can do. But as for the Titans, um, you know, they're, they're playing a lot better football than they were a couple weeks ago. Obviously, they had a uh, couple rough games in a row. But it uh, seems like Derrick Henry is – Titans rebounded nicely. Yeah. I think their team is still very good. I think they – I'd put them up there for a team that can pull off a big upset on the Steelers or the Chiefs in the postseason. Um, mm-hmm. It's really, it's really one. They're they're one big game. They're one big Derrick Henry game away from moving on to the next round. I mean, we we saw it last year. If yeah. Derrick Henry isn't being stopped, I don't think the Titans are going to lose because it allows Ryan Danahill to do so much more. Yep. Yeah, um, I agree. And. A.J. Brown, once again this week, again making his case that he Ooh. is up there as one of the best receivers from not last year's from the D.K. Metcalf, Marquise Brown draft. Um, uh, it, it it was just nice. I, I like A.J. Brown. I think <laughs> very talented. Uh, but once again, this game, there's not much to talk about. The Titans should have won. They did blow them out. And I guess we'll talk about the Giants and the Cardinals, which to Yet me – Yet another blowout. Yeah, but this one, it was a bit more significant because it had some big playoff implications for both uh, That's fair, yeah. Knights are now second in the division. The Cardinals now take the seventh seed. Um, And this was just a game, like, what the fuck was going on with the Giants' offensive line? I mean, you, you can fault Daniel Jones all you want. That man was given no time. And he, he did fumble three times, which he was starting to lean away from. But this this whole team had three – they they lost three fumbles in total. The Cardinals defense had eight sacks. One guy having five, five sacks. That's yep. a franchise record. Absolutely insane. This Giants offense, uh, offensive line is wildly inconsistent. I think we can all agree they were the worst, if not, or, you know, they were bottom three, if not the worst, a few weeks ago. They seemed to be playing up a little bit, but the Giants were playing, you know, some slight. Besides the Seahawks, who don't have too much of a pass rush, they were playing some easier teams. And I, I believe in Big Blue. I still do believe in Big Blue. But, um, I mean, the I get, you know give props to Cliff Kingsbury. He came in with a scheme. He knows Daniel Jones has a fumbling problem. He knows his team has trouble holding on to the ball. And they attacked. They used Buda Baker. They used Hassan Reddick, um, among other key players. And Im- imagine how many sacks they would have had if Tan- Chandler Jones was there as well. I mean, good Lord. Mm-hmm. Without their best pass rusher, they still managed to sack the guy eight times now the real interesting part for uh, that i think we should all uh see about this game is colt mccoy coming in so was that to protect daniel jones was that because he was playing so poorly the game what do you cool. think was going through I, think the, uh, jones. I think so as well but i mean it, it raises the question you know like daniel jones was the previous few weeks uh what was it four weeks in a row five it was between three or four or five uh weeks in a row that a turnover he seemed to be improving his play. The defense was holding up, and they just got crushed. Well, I, I think back to earth. I think what this game screamed is that the Giants just they need to get rid of Dave Gettleman, their GM. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, this game just shows that drafting Andrew Thomas at four, which many would consider was a reach at the time, is just continuing not to pay off for this Giants team. Um, yeah. Statistically, they have one of the worst offensive lines in the league, and. I, I, as you know, I'm not a big Daniel Jones guy, but I can't fault him for a week like this. I can't. Yeah, no, not with that kind of pressure, not with like the amount of time he was given. Um, 
Uh, aside from that, this was a, this this was a huge win for the Cardinals. Um, as the Vikings lost this week, so it it, it gives them the seventh seed and some cushion to work with. And yeah. the Giants with the Washington Football Team win this week, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how these last three weeks pan out for both of those teams. Um, I don't have anything else to say. We'll see if Owen or Mitch does. If not. On to Chicago, Houston. Um, yeah, so, you know, huge win for the Cardinals, right? They were playing some pretty bad football. They only had, I think, one win in, like, the last five weeks, maybe, uh, and that was the Hail Mary versus the Bills. Um, four or five, I forget which number, but uh, the point stands is that Kyler Murray, big bounce back game. He didn't have to do too much, but um, that confidence is just going to be um, a huge boost to them going forward, and they're going to try and make a, a push to a competitive NFC wild card race despite you know not the best records in there so i yeah, think that sure. bad loss for the giants who were pretty hot um and it, it just i agree with uh colin here or yeah i believe it was colin um talking about andrew thomas you can't keep making these uh you can't keep wasting these top five picks in the draft and uh we've seen it with uh andrew thomas and you know you haven't gotten the production you wanted out of saquon barkley i know he's gotten hurt but uh, out of just the last two years. So um, I think that that's not necessarily on Saquon. Um, he's still a hell of a player, but you got to, you got to draft better. You got to pick the right alignment. We've seen all other five uh, left tackles taken all playing better than uh, Andrew Thomas. Um, and they were all taken behind him. So um, yeah, I think Gettleman's got to go big one for the Cardinals and yeah. Yeah, wait, before we move on, I just want to say it was Adam who brought up that point, but that's not a problem. The thing that I did want to say, this is a reoccurring theme on first and 10. Adam, what do we always say about running backs and paying them too much and drafting them too high? Well, I just think running backs are worthless position in the NFL. I mean, it's nice to have a good running back, but you don't see Super Bowl champions having Saquon Barkley's in their backfield. Exactly. If they had given that, and- if they had uh, used that pick, on potentially an offensive lineman, then maybe a you know stud wide receiver. Then who knows? I mean, Saquon's a hell of an athlete and a hell of a player. But at the end of the day, like Wayne Gallman's obviously not as talented, but he's getting the job done. Yeah, and this. Um, in, in, yeah, in, I agree. In the who NFL, knows what? Yeah. In the NFL yeah. today, I mean, we we've seen running backs taken in the top ten picks, like Leonard Fournette, being released because nobody wants one. Nobody's willing to pay that money. When you can take a running back in the second round, that might do just as much. Like it's just, mm-hmm. it's just it, to me, it's not worth it in today's NFL when there's the only example of like a running in recent history of a running back like being taken really high that has had a good career is Ezekiel Elliott, and even he's struggling this year. Although we can't discount what he's done in the previous. I don't, year. I don't blame this year on Zeke. The Cowboys are a disaster. No, the whole, whole offensive line is injured. No Dak means people can uh, oh, plan for the run. Stuff the box. No, I understand mm-hmm. that. I'm just that's you know he's the only like glaring example of like excellence uh, from the running back position that's been drafted recently. Um, with that said, if there's nothing else anybody wants to speak about, on to Houston and Chicago, where the Texans got pummeled. Mitch Trubisky had probably his best game of the season, having a passer rating of 126.7. Yeah, um, I, I've been saying this for not long. I, that. I, I really like Mitch Trubisky. I, I, I do too. <laughs> I, know he, I think he unfairly got benched. Um, and even though his numbers aren't great, he it, it's a it's a different Bears team when he's in versus Foles. I I think if Foles is in this game, it's a lot closer right now. 
than 36. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I, Trubisky may not be the answer, but it sure as hell isn't Foles. I think it was disrespectful to try and bring him in. And, or at least I, 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 I agree with the signing to try and push him to be better. But the fact that they're, like, switching uh, who was starting for a few weeks there, granted there were injuries, but you can't win football games with that kind of just chaos in an organization. But Trubisky, who's been the guy the past two years – Three years, actually, two and a half years. He's he came in, and he destroyed Deshaun Watson. I think we all can really, really sh- say how bad we feel for Deshaun Watson getting hurt oh, on that yeah. fourth play. He's giving his all to this team, and this team is four and nine. What do they do in return? I hate to keep bringing this up, but this is one of the biggest headlines in sports uh, in the past year. They trade away your best receiver. The Dolphins scammed you for a horrible wide receiver. Nice guy, not very talented. And an, an above average left tackle. Now this organization. I wouldn't use above average anymore. No, yeah. Tunsil's still pretty good. Uh, he's he's got a lot of penalties last year, but he was he was solid this year before. I believe he got uh, injured. Or I still think he's above or, average, but injured. I'm not saying. He's yeah, solid, I don't think he's elite. He's I think he's above he's average. But he's not for, Kenny Stills like release. Exactly, but, uh, and the amount of money that he wanted was pass rusher type, and I don't think that was worth it for Miami, and it sure as hell screwed over the Texans. So. The other point is, I mean, what, what you know, they, the Texans trade um, Hopkins for David Johnson. David Johnson hasn't played a game in a few weeks. So, granted, you can't fault a player for injury, but it's like, come on, guys, you got nothing. You know, you literally did yep. not get a single thing. You gave away DeAndre Hopkins for dust. When, who, who is? Does anybody know who Buddy Howell is? Because he was the leading rusher for the <laughs> uh, for the Houston team. Pathetic. David Montgomery having himself a really, really nice game, setting up some nice play action. Their snap a losing streak. I I project I predicted the Texans to win this game. Now I feel a little silly for doing that, but um they snap what a six game losing streak and now they're still in the you know, still in the playoff conversation. Um the Cardinals did take that lat the seven seed, but the Bears aren't completely down and out. So yeah, my- it was, like like we keep saying, it'll be interesting to see how these last three weeks play out. Exactly. Um, not much more to say from me. I want anything else, or um, you know, I also picked the Texans to win this one. Didn't have too much confidence in uh, in Mitch Trubisky this week, but he he proved me wrong. And balled out. I'll, all I can say is, that as a Dolphins fan, I am not mad about the Texans losing. So yeah, fair enough. All righty. On to uh, Tampa versus Vikings, which was really a game of Dan Bailey. Uh, oh, God. He made that was so four bad. total kicks, 10 total points. Could have made it a competitive game. But there, I, I can't blame anyone on the Vikings for this game. I can't. When, besides Dan Bailey, when Kirk Cousins did his job. Dalvin Cook did his job. The defense held Brady and the Bucks' offense to 26 points. Yeah, but the kicker missed three field goals. I mean, yeah, it, it, you're you're compl- you're absolutely right. It was on the kicker. Did you guys see what Arians was saying afterwards, talking about oh, it was a great team win. We got to, you know, shut the hell up. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> he's talking about how like they 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 swiftly defeated the Viking. Get out of here, man. Come on. Yeah, it was a sloppy you, win. You know, it was a sloppy, sloppy win. Brady looked frustrated. Brady was missing guys. He finally connected on the home run to Scotty Miller. Take that away, and he did not have himself a very nice day. At least with the, you know, when talking about the Browns, the team. I mean, Arians and Brady have not been quiet about the tensions they've had, or at least 
Arians hasn't. Brady was brought in to be the savior in Tampa, and I think you know a lot of us kind of pre- predicted it wouldn't be going that they wouldn't be thirteen and zero right now. But then he goes out and gets Gronk. He goes out and gets AB. He you know spends capital, and uh, for Brady to have the perfect scenario to get all his all his best friends so they can all sleepovers after the games. And they're eight and five. They're in position for the playoffs. They'll most likely make the playoffs. But this team isn't wowing anybody, and the defense has regressed every week since like week four, I'd say, which is an alarming sign. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not impressed with the Buccaneers. I, I hope they don't even make the playoffs. I mean, it, it seems pretty hard, but. They're two losses away from being out of a playoff spot, so I hope they lose two of their next three. I do. They they got Atlanta twice and Detroit, so I don't think they'll lose two of their next three, but who knows? We've seen crazier things from Atlanta this year. So They've Atlanta twice? Yep. That's well, got they, they are. <laughs> they're in the same division. No, I understand that, but why? that's so weird that they would face them twice in three weeks. That's a weird schedule thing, but all right. Um, yeah. Oh, and you, anything you want to add? Yeah, so um, I think that the Bucks have been pretty underwhelming this year. Obviously, they had that kind of hot stretch after the first couple weeks, but uh, despite that, you know, Brady's been looking not <laughs> not nearly the player that he once was. Sure, he's got that explosiveness uh, with those wide receivers, but uh, his interception numbers are worse than ever. His, uh, his completion percentage is down. So um, I mean, his stats are there. terrible. Given him him entering his age forty three season, but oh, yeah. um, like it's the deep ball, you know, the accuracy isn't there, the poise isn't there, and my big thing is the composure isn't there. I mean, this man is supposed to be the goat. The goat doesn't get rattled. The goat doesn't complain to in the pre- press conferences. The goat doesn't argue with the the coaches. The goat doesn't you know scream and throw his helmet around. I mean, this team has been gashed open by the Saints twice and the Chiefs. Three teams, or sorry, two teams that they kind of need to match up well if this team, you know, really wants to continue with their Super Bowl aspirations, which I think they do. And um, I mean, they they just got to get some maturity in the organization. They have a lot of big names there. Grant, you know, I will give AB some credit. He has not been seeing the production I think he would have liked, and I don't, to my knowledge, he hasn't been saying a word about it. So good on him, but. Tampa Bay's got to tighten it up, and I think they can. I think that they have some potential. But I think for a lot of Patriots haters, it would be amusing to see Brady fall on his face, and then we can finally say, okay, it was Belichick in the system, not Brady, and they really wouldn't be able to say a damn thing about it. Um, I guess that's a bit of a controversial point because – No, it is. I understand. He's 43. He did most of that stuff when he was not 43, but it would still be. Yeah, I know. I, I would love it if the Patriots or if the Bucks missed the playoffs, but I wouldn't. I don't know if I jumped that far to that conclusion. But um, I think that's enough for that game. Uh, onto the final one o'clock game, we got the Denver Broncos versus the Carolina Panthers. Game that didn't really have much implications besides reassuring Denver Bron- Broncos fans that Drew Locke is still able to do it. Um, only. He, only QB this year to throw for 275 or more yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, and have a 75% completion percentage or better. Um, this 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 was reassuring for Denver fans. I mean, when you're down five cornerbacks, only have two on the active roster, you're not expecting much out of your defense. And for most fans, we didn't really think we had anything in an offense with Drew Locke under center. But 
as I was saying last week, he's been improving. We saw against the Chiefs his improvement, and we saw that improvement again this week, being safer with the ball, making safer throws. And this was without his starting tight end and star receiver. So it, it was as a Denver fan, it was very reassuring to see Drew Locke perform this week. Oh yeah, great game from Drew Locke. You know, we see that he's <laughs> he's got it down there, if you know what I mean. And then also. Um, you know, you got KJ Hamler more involved, who hasn't really done too much, if I'm not yeah. correct. But he had two huge catches, both for touchdowns this week. I mean, all his catches have been huge. He caught the final ball against the Chargers as well. Um, uh, that's true. So, you know, you love to see that. Uh, again, Locke has been steadily developing after that Raiders game where he threw four picks. And, uh, and now the last three weeks, he's only thrown three picks, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, um you love to see improvement there. As for the Panthers, you know, the disappointing season continues. Obviously, um, you know, they weren't really expected to do much going into the year. And then they started out three and one or something along those lines, three and two. So, Excuse me, two um, and two. I mean, they're, they're missing McCaffrey as well, which is. Yeah, that's really also true. Um, but at the same time, you know. Um, yeah. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't seem like a long-term answer there, even though, you know. I I fully expect the Panthers to draft the cornerback or a quarterback this uh, draft with their early pick. I think if they drop to around picks 10 or 11 and Certain and Farrell are both gone, I could easily see them taking a Trey Lance or Zach Wilson. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Zach Wilson's being slept on a bit for sure. Um, That would be exciting to see. The one thing with this Panthers team I will say is – the vast majority of their losses, excuse me, <clears throat> the vast majority of their losses have been one-score games. And while, you know, if it happens over and over and over again, you know, it's something with the coaching, but it, this team isn't getting blown out. And I think that's at least something to be excited about if you're a uh, Carolina Panthers fan, because this team can keep games clo- close. And um, they absolutely can um, – this team, it, I think people will sleep on this team next year. They get so they address the defense, whether it's Teddy B or not. They get McCaffrey back. It wouldn't be out of the question for this team to make to make the playoffs next year or at least contend. Um, that being said, Drew Locke had a really really nice game, pass rating one hundred forty nine. I believe that was his career best. I'm assuming that was. Um, he did what he had to do. He didn't he took one sack but um that was all awesome. he, he really excelled through the um, game he, he uh, drew lock drew lock was down three starting offensive linemen he had three rookie offensive linemen starting this week and just the way Locke was able to work in and out of the pocket i mean there were two plays where he was able to hit the tight end on a check down while being sacked which was nice um and it was also reassuring because uh broncos right tackle uh, Natan Moody, six-round pick this week, played great and gave fans ideas that he could be a starter in the future with whatever the hell Jawan James is doing next year. So, um, <laughs> Oh, what a what a miss of a signing there for the Broncos. You know, paying big him money. Still a year. Um, He's played two games as a Denver Broncos. So. Luckily, exactly. we don't have to pay him the salary this year because he's scared of COVID, so he can do what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Moving on to the Colts and the Raiders, two AFC teams. This one had some pretty big playoff implications. Oh, Mitch, I'll say it again like I say every week. The Raiders just aren't legit. And this isn't even AFC West bias anymore. 
the Raiders should have dropped three straight. We all know they shouldn't have beat the Jets. Yeah, no, no. I, I don't think the Raiders are that good. They, 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 they seem promising in the beginning. I think their defense is kind of falling apart. And when Josh Jacobs isn't able to effectively run the ball, they, they don't and, have much. Derek Carr had a, had a pretty crappy game. Phil, Phil Rivers bit, won the game. Phil Rivers basically set up some really nice play, play action off of an excellent Jonathan Taylor performance. And they were able to pretty easily cruise to a victory. And the uh, Raiders... They outscored uh, the Raiders 24 to 13 in the second half, really putting the game to bed after a somewhat competitive first half. I mean, um, the Raiders just aren't good. This game was pretty exciting. Um, it was it was a lot of offense, and um, you know, I, I think the Raiders are most likely out of playoff implications here. Culture looking like you know they they really want that division from the Titans. Um, it was an inter- it was interesting. You know, there's not too much to be said. Not a huge storyline here, but other than the fact that the Raiders are really going to have to they're going to have to win out if they want to. Make Another week goes by. Another week we see Henry Ruggs with minimal production. Um, we'll take a re- receiver at eleven. I sure hope he at least catches for one hundred yards once this year. Um, yeah. Uh, well, he did, didn't he? Versus the Chiefs. Um, no, he. I think he caught for like ninety-five. Let me check. Okay, moving on. Um, here, Owen, what, what do you think about this game? Yeah, I mean, Colts well, in the <laughs> cut know is rookie receiver yeah. Henry Ruggs the third. <laughs> all right. Uh, all you need to know is that the Raiders fired their defensive coordinator right after the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, that defense has been awful the last oh, couple weeks, and the Colts scored nearly every time that they touched the ball. So. Yeah, I mean, the Colts are known for their defense, and when they're able to drop 44 on you, that's kind of – that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that um, seeing the Raiders and Dolphins go to, uh, against each other Saturday night football week 16, that's going to be interesting to see with uh, a new defensive game plan um, in prime time and then also see how Tua can handle himself. So we'll, we'll see what happens this there, bit- but – that's a game I'm looking forward As to. As I'm making fun of Henry Ruggs, yeah. he's been placed on the COVID list and will be out this week. So. <laughs> All right. What a coincidence. Moving on to, I believe, the, I think we can all agree, probably the lock of the week here is Seattle over New York. There was no way in hell Russell Wilson was going to drop the ball against two uh, New York teams. And, uh, I mean, he didn't. <laughs> Sam Donald didn't even have had himself back. I mean, I'm really going to be honest with you. I have no interest in talking about this game. Seattle absolutely destroyed them. The Jets tank continues. Seattle gets right. back on, well, track. on to the next. And- <laughs> Chargers and Falcons, which was a very close game. Um, Herbert finally caught a break and won a close one with Matt Ryan throwing interception, Herbert throwing interception, Ryan throwing another interception in the final five minutes of the game. Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, <laughs> Mike Bailey. I think the real story of the game here is Russell Gage having a per- perfect passer rating. Um, I think that he's the best quarterback on that field. I think when Matt Ryan struggles like that, just put Russell Gage in. You know, I agree. Game over. Uh, um, but, I mean, these two teams are the definition of mediocre. They're not good enough to contend for a top five pick, but they're far from the playoffs. Herbert had himself another nice game. Um, well, um, what's really Herbert really really is the return of Axel. I mean, yeah, for sure. we, we've seen it in yeah. two of the three weeks they've played where they scored points that Eckler is the leading receiver and the leading rusher. Um, 
Just having that versatile well, that versatile yeah. back on your team and the Falcons are missing Julio, who they've been missing most of the year. Um I got I got nothing to say about this Falcons. I swear they're the most night and day team. I mean, we see them beat the Raiders forty five to six or whatever. And then two weeks later they're losing to the Chargers by three. Uh yeah, it's yeah. it's not even sad. I mean, I, I actually like the Falcons interim coach. I'm fine with Dan Quinn. They've been pretty solid for the most part, but uh, they've been better. Um, oh, do you have anything else you want to add before we move on to New Orleans, Philly? Uh, you know, um, <laughs> Herbert finally won a game. Uh, you know, Herbert's having a great rookie season. Uh, struggled the last couple weeks, but uh, you know, I I think a huge part of um having a good rookie year is winning. And when you're the leader of the team, uh, you got your top running back out. You got to step up and make plays. Your defense is lacking. Um, you know, he's he's having a good year, but I think that also inflates his stats a lot with uh, how much he's had to throw. I think he's throwing like 45 times a game, which is absurd for a rookie. Um, and that's what Burrow was doing for a while. before. He oh, yeah, exactly. Out. And then meanwhile, Tua's throwing like 25 times a game. Um, if that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I think that um, good win for the confidence of Herbert. You, you love to see that. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, he's, he's one of the future guys of our league, so that's awesome. And then also for the Falcons, I think it's just that's a that's a tough way to lose. You should have won this game. I know it's on the road, but um, you, you can't let a, a Chargers team that's been that, that inconsistent just uh, put you away like that with a field goal. So – I mean, think about this. The Chargers win, or the Falcons win this game, and then they end up, they actually beat the Bears and the Cowboys. They're seven and six right now, right in the playoff hunt. Mm-hmm. It just goes to show when not being able to finish games really can do to you and the confidence of your team and ultimately the season. It's pathetic. Um, on to the upset of the week New Orleans and Philly. Probably the most polished team in the world. What, what did I tell you before this week? I think you said Jalen Hurts is going to win this game um, against a quarterback who couldn't even uh, keep his own starting job at Alabama. I mean, Jalen, like, I'll give Jalen some credit. He won this game, but it, he, this game was no, Miles this game Sanders. Jalen Hurts being put in, giving that team the spark in the locker room, that energy in order to be able to win. We saw a whole different Philly team this week when we, than we've been seeing all season. When your quarterback is able to rush for 100 yards, throw for over 150 and a touchdown, your team's going to be electric because they haven't seen this all year. They haven't seen a quarterback go out there with this much fire. All Sean Jeffrey getting his first touchdown of the season. Um, it, th- this was a complete QB effect win, and I, I, I beg to think otherwise. I didn't see the rushing. That's a um, Yeah, no, no, you're right, you're right. Uh I, I, like I said, I didn't see his rushing stats. Jalen Hurts did definitely spark a uh, a fire oh, no. in this team. But the real, you know, my, my question to you would be, do we think that this is, you know, should we look at this more of a positive for Philly or a negative for New Orleans? I mean, New Orleans, like I, you know, I think not Philly, a lot of people are going to. For New Orleans, there. how the hell are you supposed to game plan for a quarterback you've seen one quarter of footage for? Yeah. They for all they knew, they thought this guy was going to sit in the pocket all game, maybe rush a few times, but nobody expected him to carry the ball 18 times. And yeah, that's true. I, 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 think for New, 
I was for New Orleans putting Jameis Winston in, I still think is a better solution for them. Uh, I agree. Yeah, how is he not in at this point? It, it's so frustrating to me. I feel like they still have to pay their dues to Taysom Hill for like him being the you know the we don't care about you go put your body on the line kind of guy these past few years. They got to give him his reps. I understand that, but when you have Jameis Winston, who I I say this every week, who threw for five thousand yards and thirty touchdowns last year. I understand the interceptions, but the dude can throw the ball. And Taysom Hill, I mean, he, Taysom Hill had a pretty good game uh, this week, but Taysom Hill's issue has been throwing the ball downfield. And we have a guy who has experience throwing the ball downfield, whether it's to his guy or the other guy, he has experience throwing the ball. So I'm just surprised that um, no, Winston's not in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I. I do like Taysom Hill as a dude. I don't think he's gonna be there. Oh no, I do. I don't know Taysom Hill hate, but I just don't think he's. A, I don't think he's a quarterback. Yeah, no, I I hundred percent agree. You know, you look at his passing stats, um, per, very below average. Um, yeah, he's got that dynamic uh, running ability, but I I, I don't think that you yeah. can rely on that, especially when you have as talented of a roster around him. I think you got to work to play your strengths, and Jameis Winston would be much better fit for them. Sling the ball more, get it out, uh, help him be a little more conservative with Kamara. Because um, as the Buccaneers had no run game last year, and uh, you work from there. So I, I think that that, would, that alone would have him win this game. But uh, as for Jalen Hurts, that's awesome for him. Um, he hasn't really, um, he hasn't really gotten his opportunity to shine until last week. And then uh, he made the most of it, uh, providing a spark when Wentz came out. And that's what you love to see. The side, my fantasy team doesn't love to see it, but uh, the NFL does. So, uh, good, good, or great win for Hertz. Um, I'm hoping for the best for him. Uh, another great young quarterback. Or hopefully, so we'll we'll see what happens. But um, interesting game nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Yeah. Not much more to say. Philly came out with a dub, and this puts Philly, I guess, in the picture again. To win the to possibly win the division, I don't know if they'll come out on top, but a Washington loss in Week 15 could put Philly's name back on the radar if they're able to get a victory. Um, on to Green Bay and my MVP front runner, Aaron Rodgers. Um, they were able to get the 31-24 victory over the Lions, where once again we see Aaron Rodgers throw for 290 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, he's an animal. It's it's uh, going to be interesting to see these next three weeks what happens with Rodgers and uh, Mahomes, and along with those three touchdowns, Rodgers also ran in a touchdown this week, which is just helping his case more. Uh, yeah, um, I I know that I said before Mahomes is currently the best player in the league, and I still stand by that. But Rodgers is playing one of the best years of his career. Um, <laughs> Definitely would not be shocked if he wins MVP. Uh, it's him and Mahomes right now. So I think whoever's going to come out on top in these last three weeks is going to be it's gonna be exciting to watch. So that's something to monitor. Um, and as for they played the Lions, correct? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a tough year for them. You fire your head coach, which you needed to do, but still you never, you never like to see uh, big changes in your front office. Um, you got um, Kenny Galladay out many weeks, uh, only played four games this year, which just sucks for the morale uh, and sucks sucks for just the uh, the performance of the team. 
You got you dished carry on Johnson. I know he had a touchdown this game, but um, yeah, I I think that that just that team is so poorly run, and the fact that they actually kept it a little bit close today or on Sunday is yeah, uh, division is really close. Is pretty, we know that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers continuing his MVP campaign. I still think it'll probably be Mahomes because the league absolutely adores the Chiefs, but. It would be such a great narrative. We always talk about this because it's one of the most interesting things with the Packers. Uh, Jordan Love gets drafted in the first round, and Aaron Rodgers turns around and goes, I'm the MVP. Sit that kid on the bench till I tell him to come off. You know, <laughs> I love Aaron Rodgers. It would be so good for him to say that. And the Lions continue in mediocrity. Sorry, man. Um, on, to, on to Washington and San Francisco. Adam was right about this. Adam said the football team was going to get this. I stepped on the football team. I'm sorry, Alex Smith and company. Um, Nick Mullins is bad. I mean, we knew that. We knew he was bad. The the defense was what really um, stepped up for Washington. I mean, obviously losing Debo Samuel on, like, the second play of the game doesn't help at all. Their number one receiver. Most are still a solid game. Um, But I was impressed with how Washington was able to – to game plan without Antonio Gibson, arguably their best, um, let's go, their best offensive player besides obviously Terry McLaurin. Again, two teams in mediocrity. Washington does take the division with the lead, though. Will they be able to hold it? I still think the Giants will most likely take the division, but Washington is definitely making a case here, taking the lead. Um, all in all, it was a pretty boring game, though. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I don't care for either of these teams. I think both of them are pretty underwhelming. But yeah, yeah, it was nice to see uh, Washington put the Giants back in their place after the Giants Super Bowl victory last week. Um, uh, <laughs> not much more to say. I mean, Alex Smith didn't play great, but he got hurt. Um, I think he'll be back next week. But he got the job done. They got the victory. This defense is good. They have the offensive defense or the defensive rookie of the year. Um, despite Jeremy Chin's amazing season, I think Chase Young solidified his case this week with his defensive touchdown. Um, again, uh, this Washington defense, I think, has probably been the most surprising defense this year. Um, and they have big players making big plays. So not much more to say on this one. Monday Night Football, we yeah. saw we saw Juju dance on the logo pregame, but during the game, he a lot of dancing <laughs> after the Steelers uh, dropped this one to the Bills. Where uh, we we saw this week that Big Ben isn't going to get the job done. Not long term. I mean, he some people. You know how people are still. Or did you know that people are still advocating for Big Ben for MVP? I want to punch those people. They're just oh boy. They clearly don't watch football. James Conner with another horrible game. James, I, I didn't like James Conner going into the season. I, you know, I think he's a good guy. I don't think he's that that talented, even though he did have a great 2018 season. He's been terrible this year, averaging under four yards a carry. Adam knows long-term podcast listeners know that's my favorite stat. Um, <laughs> Josh Allen really – Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs really lit up the Steelers' defense. And I think that the Steelers' offense is just – we know their defense is good. But they're down three starters, and this offense is just so predictable. When you have a 400-pound job of the hut behind the line who literally can't run to save his life, and all he can do is 
four yards there, five yards there. You disrupt one or two of those, they're not going to win the game. You disrupt a few drives of them just trying to do timing routes with these talented, big-bodied receivers who are meant to do more, at least Claypool is. Juju's a pretty nice fit for the scheme. And this offense Yeah, but when you when you got the Pillsbury Doughboy behind center, it's hard to do much. <laughs> no, exactly. And all you like, you know, all he can do, he can throw nice, accurate four or five yard um, passes, but he couldn't even do that this week. Yeah, I still think thirty two two picks. The for the Steelers, they did drop two in a row. I still think they're very good. Uh, this Bills, this this Bills team is one of my favorite teams to watch. As Josh Allen has been amazing. This yeah. Oh yeah, they're a fun um, team. Because I think the Bills' defense has taken a step back from last year, but the Bills' the offense biggest, is taking the biggest offseason acquisition so, then for them by far was yeah. Stephon Diggs. I mean, th- that was highway robbery, some may say. Oh, and yeah. Stephon Diggs is looking like one of the best receivers in football this year. And the, the thing is, he's loving it. Oh yeah, that's what he likes. If, if you guys saw the, um, uh, I believe it. Wait, maybe I'm getting confused with somebody else. But um, the Josh Allen post game interview, when someone asked him about Stephon Diggs, and he said, Allen goes contrary to popular belief. He, you know, he's the big one of the biggest hard workers I've ever seen. He's such a team player. And he, like, I thought that was interesting that he felt the need to address the rumors, but. It just goes to show the confidence they have in each other, the confidence they have in the team, and yeah, how um, much fun they're having playing out there. I mean, yeah, I think my favorite stat of the week there. though is that officially Chase Claypool now has more TikToks made than receptions. So, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he has fifty-one TikToks made, yep. fifty receptions on the year. Oh. Um, so my advice for the Steelers receivers: wow. worry about winning the games and then make the TikToks. Like, if you want to make a TikTok after a win, that's great. I mean, they did that. But oh, I, I dancing on the Bills logo pregame while people are trying to warm up, and then lose. So it's one thing yeah, it's the Jaguars, absolutely. but the Buffalo um, Bills, like, don't fuck with Josh Allen. You saw Josh Allen pregame; he's like, they can fucking dance, but we're gonna win that fucking game. Like, <laughs> yeah, I I don't like how um it, it it makes me cringe how Juju refers to himself as an influencer how. When he when he makes something you know, when he makes a good play, like that just you know you guys just let so and so happen you know that long catch that touchdown that stiff arm happened to you by a TikTok influencer, oh, yeah. dude. You're a fucking football player. You are an NFL wide receiver. If you want to go play TikTok, then go do that. Like, don't <laughs> refer. To, you're an athlete for God's sake. You're disrespecting what an athlete means. Good lord, Juju. And it's like he's a likable guy. I I'm a Browns fan, as everybody knows. I hate the Steelers, but. I can't even bring myself to hate Juju, but damn, I hate him when he refers to himself as an influencer. <laughs> oh, all right. I, I think anyone else, time to did anyone else, Does anybody else have anything to say? If not, let's move on to one of the greatest Monday Night Football games in history, Browns and Cleveland. Obviously, I would have liked Cleveland to win that game, but the fact that we even kept it close following the Baker turnover was impressive. I mean, you lost to a QB who took um, a shit in the fourth quarter. Oh my god! That was I scary. think that, that might be storyline of the year. QB gets benched for cramping, comes back in, throws one pass, throws a touchdown, wins the game. Oh, dude! Yeah, that goes to show how terrible our defense is when we're missing four secondary starters. We can't do any. But I can't even blame the secondary. I all I all I can do is blame the coaching because it's not like you guys scored way too early. Mark Andrews play and then you, sure you scored way too early in the fourth quarter. You got the ball. I agree. 
on the last drive oh, there? Absolutely. I was praying to God that Kareem Hunt was not in for that touchdown. So we could have got the ball with two minutes. You scored seconds. with a minute thirty. With with a minute a minute and thirteen left or something like that. Bad. De- the game was on the defense. The game was on Parky for missing those kicks. There were a lot of aspects. I believe was, I just the biggest thing for me was the coaching, um, not being able to adjust to Lamar. I mean, he he destroyed us in the first half, and so they th- you know I figure hmm, maybe they'll put a spy on there. His Hollywood Brown had three or four drops that night. Mark Andrews had that one nice play, which I'll give him credit for. That was a lapse in our secondary. But you'd think, hmm. Maybe let's stop Lamar. No, they didn't. They could, you know, in the final drive, they we forced him to attack us with his arm. He threw three underneath routes. Greatest kicker in NFL history. Called game. It was frustrating. I am proud of this team for battling back after falling, uh, falling down two scores after the Baker turnover. I think say what you will about Baker. I think he proved that he can step up to, com- to stiff com- uh, oh, yeah. competition. He didn't win the game, but. You know, everyone was talking about how, yes, he had a nice game against the Titans, but that was against the 28th-ranked uh, pass defense, and it was all zone coverage. He was scheming guys open. Stiff gives uh, Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt credit for those calls. Higgins, Landry, DPJ making nice plays. Baker, besides that one throw that I'm sure he's punching himself in the face for afterwards, you saw in the post-game interview. All right, you guys probably didn't see, but he was so upset with himself because they were on a roll. He threw that pass two inches to inside, and it was catastrophic. That being said, the Ravens now look like they're in a playoff push. The Browns, are their their chances of making the playoffs only dropped 4% from 86 to 82. So I'm not losing sleep over that too, too much. Um, I just hope Stefanski has the guys kicking themselves in practice, getting ready to unleash hell on the New York Giants this week. And the Ravens have an easy schedule. They yeah, play the Jaguars and the Bengals in two of the next three yeah. weeks. Yep. Yeah, so it, w- it would not surprise me to watch both of I think, teams go 11-5. and uh, five. The, um, the Ravens are going to make the playoffs, and I think that it's very possible that they make some noise in the playoffs. Uh, for, for Dolphins fans' sake, their best, their best chance yeah. right now is if the Colts are able to drop a few in the next three weeks. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Um, the Browns let us down, man. But, the Browns let it – or more so yeah, Cody Parkey, Browns the former Dolphins. It's so frustrating. I mean, it, the wind was bad. It, it, I can't know. The wind wasn't bad. It wasn't ideal, obviously, but Parky's got to make that. He's been so good all year, and then he completely shit the bed in our most important game, which is just mm-hmm. so frustrating. But oh. that's football. What can you do? This is. I think that was our first one-possession loss, which is interesting. Although the Raiders should have been a, a one-possession loss, but we missed a 44-yard there. But again, the winds were 41 miles an hour that day. I can't blame Parky that much, but that was our first real one-possession uh, loss. Um, so it's bound to happen eventually. Honestly, it was just it was entertaining to watch. It was a great game from both teams. We got to see Trace McSorley, hope, hoping he's okay. There were rumors of him tearing. Yeah, they ACL. placed him on injured reserve today. I mean, it, it's not like he was going to see any playing time anyway, but you never wish an injury on anybody. Um, I think both of these teams learned a lot about each other, or about themselves. Baltimore's defense kind of got cracked open. I did not expect the Browns to drop 42 on oh, them, but they did. And the Browns' defense, I mean, this was really st- just both defenses could not handle themselves. And I swear, if the Browns had the Ravens' defense, these guys would be unstoppable. It's so frustrating. But um, 
the one thing I just want to say uh, is it was nice to see Stephen A. Smith and um, oh yeah, not really not really coward, but I thought the guys were going to berate Baker. They gave him some credit. It was well, nice. We don't listen um, to Colin Coward. He's a clown, but um. I'd like to thank yeah. everybody for listening. Uh, this was a more eventful episode. Some uh, some good takes, I guess. So some good. Analysis. We'd like to thank Owen for joining us for this episode. Uh, go follow at Finns Network if you're a Dolphins fan, or if you just like football. I'm a good yeah, guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. guy. Yeah. But um, once again, thank you everybody for listening. We hope you have a great week. Right. We wish you all uh. uh do well during the holidays and with that said thank you